0: It's the holiday season, folks, and the Georgia Hemp Company is your one-stop for all your CBD and Delta 8 needs. The Georgia Hemp Company has your perfect stocking stuffers. Log on to GeorgiaHempCompany.com to get your favorite CBD and Delta 8 products shipped anywhere or visit any of our four locations in Decatur, Duluth, Sandy Springs, and Woodstock. Perk up your holiday gift-giving by visiting the GeorgiaHempCompany.com for Georgia's finest CBD and Delta 8 products.
1: On another entry of the Animation Deliberation Podcast, Disaster is not only walking in My Hero Academia, but across all the animes I've been watching this week. We're going to talk about that much more right after these ads we have no control over.
0: It's the holiday season, folks, and the Georgia Hemp Company is your one-stop for all your CBD and Delta 8 needs. The Georgia Hemp Company has your perfect stocking stuffers. Log on to georgiahempcompany.com to get your favorite CBD and Delta 8 products shipped anywhere. Or visit any of our four locations in Decatur, Duluth, Sandy Springs, and Woodstock. Perk up your holiday gift giving by visiting the com for Georgia's finest CBD and Delta 8 products. Sing along if you know the words. A 1, 2, 3, it's time for
2: animation, deliberation, a conversation and a celebration of a favorite action animated series. Yeah! Yeah,
1: welcome back to another episode of Animation Deliberation, the podcast where we take action and cartoons seriously, but not too seriously. We are your hosts. I am Zuhaira Lee.
2: And I am Andrew Rogers.
1: Jay Scotty is on another devil hunting assignment, whether it be in a galaxy far, far away or around the corner. We have no idea. We don't ask questions. We just know he's busy. <laughs> uh,
2: well, I mean, when you are a devil hunter, there's a lot of things that are put on your shoulders. So, you know, it's it takes away from the life sometimes.
1: Yep, we're going to talk about Devil Hunters, uh, but first off, we're going to hit a little bit of news, and we're going to start off with the most depressing one yet. The legendary Kevin Conroy has passed away at the age of 66. He is Batman. He is the greatest Batman. You cannot argue me on that, and it is a time of mourning, so unless you're an asshole, keep your other thoughts to yourself. Um, He was great voice actor from batman animated series to a majority of the movies to finally actually get him to see him play batman in a live action role on crisis of infinite earths you know it's just there's there's no other word other than iconic he's just a brilliant voice actor he set the standard for how to convey the balance between batman and bruce wayne it is just a a huge loss um we're going to miss him.
2: Yeah, I'm I'm getting chills at, you know, hearing you talk about it. It was a it was a big moment when we talked about this off air when it happened. And I can't say it any better. Iconic is the word. And, you know, we talk about how many legacy actors take on characters. Mm-hmm. And I don't think anyone is more of a legacy actor than he was, because literally every iteration of Batman that came after was just trying to hit the same marks that he did flawlessly in the animated series and everything after that. Like, without a doubt, he influenced a generation, helped to, you know, make that show as popular as it was that then influenced animation, voice actors, everything across the board. He was just such a noted name, and, you know, there's no other other things than we can say but he is a great and he will be missed of course
1: yep there's there's no other like him that's all we got for that so you know praying for his family praying for uh, you know Mark Hamill who was his rival as the Joker for so long you know it, it affects people in various ways but you know there's a beautiful comic strip I don't know if it's been posted to the socials yet uh, I think it was DC that put it out but it was um, it was Batman answering a call to the bat signal. I'm not sure if you've seen this yet. No. And Gordon's like explaining the mission and Batman's not saying anything. And he was like, even for you, you're really quiet today. And he hands up a, a folded piece of paper. And as Gordon opens it, it says, I lost my voice. And then oh, he swings off gosh. and Gordon says, like, I'm sorry for your loss. And then it cuts to Batman with the tear coming down. His eyes he's swinging and says, I am too. Rest in peace, Kevin Conroy.
2: Oh my gosh. It was, it was a moment. I sure hope that, you know, DC studios was flying a bat signal that night. Like there, it needed to be honored because there was another one that I saw that I think I reposted, but if not, and it was just, Mark Hamill, I believe, was the one that reposted the fan art originally and it was just Joker clutching the cape saying goodbye, old friend, in the idea of like they're not one without the other. And yeah. yeah, Hamill Hamill was a noted friend of his, so I can only imagine what it is like to be in his life right this moment.
1: I just sent you the image if you want to give a live reaction.
2: I don't I don't know if I want to cry live on air. Like that's
1: i we got other things to talk about. We'll lighten up the mood quick.
2: Jeez. It it's beautiful. Whoever did this, this, oh, is, the, this is the original animation style and
1: uh, the colors and everything. Like it's just
2: uh, it it's so evocative. It's just an emotional moment. Uh and it sucks because our next piece of news is not an upper either.
1: <laughs> Alright. Well, rest in peace, Batman. Tell us about um Tell us about a new trailer that we have.
2: Oh, right. That's in the middle. This is an exciting one. Um, The Elemental trailer dropped today. Now, for those of you who are unaware, Elemental is the upcoming 2023 Pixar movie. It is essentially going to be about the elements that are alive. So it's literally like a city of earth, water, fire, and air. And our two main characters are a fire female and a water male that are going to go on some sort of adventures in I've seen the trailer at this point. I know Zuhair hasn't. It reminded me a lot of like Zootopia in the way that it feels like they're building this world of like, Everyone on the train has a specific purpose in the way that the rocks work, like the plants are all reacting to the water people like there. It just seems like it's going to be a really good world building movie. We didn't get any of the plot in the trailer, but it's still something exciting and something to come out of it.
1: So Avatar meets Zootopia.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yes and no because our
1: avatar. It's I mean avatar?
2: they are literally like when I say a fire girl like she is a ball of fire like that ah, is, yeah okay. no, like when I say elements they are like literally the element that they are meant okay. to be like it's a droplet of water an actual like flame there's a rock
1: oh, that sounds like it'd be very beautiful
2: it looks uh, it's Pixar Pixar is Pixar doing Pixar shows. things yeah like <laughs> it, it just looks like it's gonna be another another great one. So we'll see what comes of it.
1: All right. Well, speaking of other animation, oh wait, it's an animation podcast. Um, we reported a couple of weeks ago that we were excited to hear that Star Wars had partnered with Ghibli and we were like, is it a show? Is it a movie? Like what big project are we getting? Tell them what that project ended up being.
2: A five minute Grogu short. (sighs) Ah, And I'm sure that this short uh, is beautiful. There is also another asterisk that I feel like kind of deserves to go on this is it's like hand drawn animation from what I read. So I don't even know if it's the usual like full on Ghibli animation or if it's a love letter to old animation. Like I said, I'm sure it's beautiful, but just I don't fault Star Wars. I don't fault Ghibli. I fault all of the news sources that came out with the headlines that were in big, bold letters. This is going to be the next big thing. Star Wars, you know, Lucasfilm and Studio Ghibli teaming up for the first time. It's like, holy crap, this they have a chance of beating Star Wars, the Clone Wars animation on a monumental scale. It was just read your news carefully, folks, because sometimes even those of us that go to trusted news sources because we generally vet our sources before we try and report things.
1: We open the articles too.
2: Yeah. Those sources <laughs> were reporting basically just rumored information at that point. All that they knew was that there was a project. Um, oh, bother. so I'm sure at some point we will have some more to talk about in that vein when we actually watch it because it came out uh, this past weekend. But as of now, That is out there for any of you who are fans of Baby Yoda, Grogu. I have heard that it is a fun, little, beautiful jaunt.
1: Well, for what it is, enjoy more Star Wars content. Still got a couple weeks of Andor left. And then nothing until we talk about Bad Batch.
2: Yeah, Bad Batch is next. Wow.
1: Bad Batch, Attack on Titan, and Jujutsu Kaisen are all like in the same time frame.
2: I mean, we don't know when Demon Slayer is. It could also appear. Is it not
1: February or March?
2: I don't know. I don't think anyone knows.
1: (laughs) Well, I can confirm those three things. (laughs) Uh, We always got a lot to talk about. And speaking of lots to talk about, we have a segment called Minute" coming up. We got three shows to talk about. We get one minute each and all of them. Um, Which one would you like to kick it off with?
2: I feel like we always start with spies, so let's just keep that train rolling.
1: All right, after you. This (sighs) is episode 19, A Revenge Plot Against Desmond.
2: (laughs) Okay, let me get my timer out. I just started laughing because I remembered everything that happened in this episode as soon as you said the title.
1: (laughs) Yeah.
2: So yeah, once again, Spy Family just absolutely blowing it through the roof with this bizarre story like didn't have to be anything special but i just had so much fun with it like this kid going off the rails you knew something was going wrong and anya just like playing along while everyone else was kind of a main character like trying to play into this kid's shenanigans well she's like here's a leaf enjoy like not actually having any full understanding of what's going on. And it was just also a perfect like kids get things wrong. They, he overheard his dad saying something, thinking, oh, my life is over. Actually, no, uh, your life is probably better for it now. It's just one of those things. And then this, your episode was so good. So much fun. We got so much of the stuff that like we've been wanting to see. Just watching her do gymnastics off of buildings and Lloyd freaking out. Like, wait, what is she doing here? just so much goodness out of these characters.
1: Yeah. The fact that she gives the leaf and then when they was dropped the line, is like, you better give all that stuff back and it flashes back to the leaf, just floating away. Like <laughs> the little details of the show is just truly impeccable. Yeah. Everything with your, you know, she's hundred percent wife material. The fact that she packed all that up and it wasn't even gym class day <laughs> was hilarious. Yeah, it's just everything about that from, you know it being this deep revenge plot and unveiling this new character to it being so sappy and then Anya's face towards her friend when she started singing it's like are you serious And um, you know Desmond dancing and all that stuff just all about it just yeah this is just a fun show like I don't even care about bigger picture anymore we're loving every second that we get of this borf
2: borf <laughs> just that time filler and uh one thing i did realize this week I had like 20 seconds left <laughs> did you really wow yeah
1: <laughs> take I, it uh, i yield my time
2: take it well i just realized this week we talked about a couple weeks ago that mappa does the intro and outro which like ha- is now confirmed i didn't realize the studio that's doing this is wit that mm-hmm. did the first three seasons of attack on titan and then oh. mappa's, the, mappa's the studio that took over and i'm like so the, now That's they're just crazy. working together and doing intros for each other's shows. I'm like, I'm curious. Like There's article is... that
1: I was talking about where it's like, apparently it's not unusual for like animation studios to like outsource a lot of the work to other big studios. So even with like American stuff, like it is like very tied together to like who you trust, who you work with and this and that. But the fact that it's like that consistent of a of a project is really cool. Because you would think that like Mappa just kind of took the project. Like they were like, you're better, you're going to do the last one. But it turns out it's just like, hey, they were better equipped for it. And they still need these things to work together. And we have all these projects in the future. And that's a really cool collaboration.
2: Yeah, I don't know how MAPPA had any time for that, though, at the same time, having to work on Jujutsu Kaisen, Chainsaw Man and Attack on Titan. But they did a great job.
1: Also, that outro was not something that you skip it's on my anime playlist
2: yeah it's and it's there's some of those scenes that are like unnecessarily beautiful in that outro like them in the kitchen I'm just like oh this perfect why is this so pretty but
1: it's so perfect and speaking of anime playlists that song actually comes right after the theme song to Chainsaw Man you ready to talk about that
2: oh yeah You know, I am. Do you want to go first or
1: you sound excited? Go for it.
2: Okay, yeah, I'm I'm getting my timer out because I watched this one last night. So this one's fresh. Do it. Do it. This is one of the best episodes I think that I have seen. I was immediately immersed in all of it. The character writing was so good. It was just enough that like they weren't stupid about figuring it out, but as a viewer you got to figure it out so much quicker than they did and there's just all these pieces coming together and we don't even know these characters yet but they're reacting like humans having panic attacks and doing all these things Mm -hmm. oh it was just so good eternity as a devil is actually a terrifying concept when they revealed that's what it was and there's just so many layers to it it was so good the music that I want to point out is actually not music In this episode Um, Throughout the entirety of the scenes where they were like Figuring out what to do there was no music So it was Mm -hmm. just the constant ticking of the clock Causing you to have anxiety as they're Having panic attacks watching them basically Stab each other and turn on each other It was just so perfectly emotionally Evocative and I don't even care We had like no action in this episode I was glued to the screen the entire Time this show's amazing One minute (laughs) (laughs) So after this this
1: arc is over, I really do want to have this fun fact that like everything that happened happened like within the span of like thirty minutes, and they're just like really impatient, crazy people. <laughs> uh, I I'm forgetting her name, but I absolutely love the ghost hunter or the ghost devil. Her flashbacks and her origin story and everything is truly phenomenal. Like everything about her design and powers and everything is just super cool. It is kind of sticking with what I feel about the show is that it's very film noir and they're taking their time with all this stuff. And I have to keep reminding myself of that because it's just so much buildup for cliffhangers. And if this next episode is not going batshit crazy with action, I it's going to be really hard to dial myself back because the buildup and everything is fine and it's great. But like stuff like that, the episodes need to be an hour so we'll see how next week goes, but I hope it's a wild one. Five seconds.
2: All right. We're getting good at this.
1: Getting good at this.
2: Yeah, but uh, we have one more still left to do. And this one is all you.
1: This one is all me with Bleach, Thousand Year Blood War. Oh, my God. Another like season is so gut wrenching. And like I said, I haven't even watched all of Bleach leading up to this. And I love every bit of it. You have the biggest, baddest mofo around in the Soul Society after a thousand years being like, you know what? I'm going to fight. I'm going to finish this up. He shows all of his power that he's never unveiled before. He's beaten the daylights out of the villain. You wonder why you even need Ichigo. And then all of a sudden you find out that it was a plot just to get him to expose everything. And the villain was actually like hiding behind the scenes and watching and plotting the whole time. And then took the old man's powers away. Everybody is screwed in this. And like the closing music is so freaking beautiful. I absolutely love the song. But when it just cuts out to like the slow fade and you see this graveyard of all the captain swords and stuff, man, this every weekend you just the 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 way these episodes end make you feel so hopeless. Oh god, I hit the minute right there.
0: That's
2: amazing. And honestly, listeners, we haven't gotten much feedback, but I really hope you are all enjoying these anime minutes because I get to be a listener to something like this when Zuhair goes off like that. And he has me so sold and so intrigued and just, you know, when I have free time, perhaps I'll pick it up. But like, I hope that you are getting as hype as we are, because I am so, so invested in a show that I am hearing a minute about every week at this point.
1: (laughs) Just listen to how the song starts. Like imagine like one of the coolest characters you've ever seen has just lost all of his powers and, like, is literally staring at death. And then it fades to this. It's literally just that music, black and white, a graveyard of all the captain's swords.
2: It's emotional is what that is for sure.
1: That's another song that you can skip, but it's also like me trying to process everything I just saw because I was like cheering and like, yo, this is sick. And I told you the way they do fire in the show. looks it's on par with how they did Rengoku.
2: Hmm. That is that's a high bar.
1: It's high bar. And I know you think Studio Piro is lame because you think Naruto is lame, but it looks beautiful.
2: I never said Naruto is lame. I feel like this is a Fisherman story, where every week yeah. the thing that 100%. I said keeps getting blown out of proportion. Yeah, hundred yeah, <laughs> percent.
1: You're awful for saying that. and I'm going to make you realize that every week. That that's how my heart feels. Fisherman I'm, story.
2: I, I'm just trying to remember. I'm pretty sure I said it was like <laughs> a median. It, yeah, like <laughs> nothing wrong with it. It's you're a,
1: like yeah, you know, for an anime that has just you know very simple design. nothing too exciting. I was like,
2: <laughs> we <laughs> we are animation deliberation there is a conversation that has to happen for it to be a true you know true review of whatever's going on but uh i feel like we've taken up Deliberate enough
1: these birds uh,
2: uh, we've taken up enough time with this crazy non-animate or not non-anime talk non my hero talk and i know that's what you're all secretly here for so why don't we jump right into it
1: I don't know why I was so obnoxious about drinking my water just now, but hey, we stay hydrated on the show.
2: That was that really was like a child drinking, like the full big sip. (sighs) Like I just want everyone to feel like they're sitting with us. (laughs) Uh...
1: All right, disaster walking, episode seven of My Hero Academia season six. Do you want to take over the synopsis, sir?
2: I can do that. Do it. Also, disaster. We do need a soundboard because I want to get like an Anna minutes, like filler, plug, soundbite, whatever you'd call it, to like play before to like bridge into the segment. Okay, is it disaster walker or disaster walking as well? You said walking, but I believe we said it was walker at the top, and I just want to make sure the listeners are getting the walker. 100% but walking experience. sounds cooler, but whatever. It's
1: walking. Walker. Does. Disaster walker.
2: Episode 7, Disaster Walker. A news helicopter reports in on the devastating destruction of Jaku City. With All Might watching on nervously, in the city, Shigaraki is able to efficiently deal with Endeavor and Ryoku's attacks. While the heroes attempting to assist are forced to face against the newly awakened, near-high-end Nomu. Nomu with the strength of a high-end but lacking coherent thoughts. Shigaraki tries to use this opportunity to kill Eraserhead, but Deku suddenly arrives and tackles him, declaring his and Bakugo's intentions to save their teacher. As Endeavor returns to the battle, he agrees to let the two students join in the fight. Shigaraki hopes to try and capture Deku and escape, but in the process he ends up calling him his little brother, surprising the two. He realizes that the will of his master still persists within the quirk, rejecting it and declaring his desire to be better than all for one. The heroes proceed to overwhelm Shigaraki with their coordinated attacks. Meanwhile, at the villa, Gigantomachia carries the League of Villain members on his back in an attempt to reach Shigaraki. Right before he does, Dabi snaps Er, snaps Nabs skeptic to take with him, planning to use him for a specific purpose. Mount Lady is able to barely hold off Gigantomachia, slowing him down while being pushed backwards. Midnight attempts to use his quirk to send the villain back to sleep, but is thwarted by the attacks of Dobby and Mister Compress, which knocks her onto the ground, injuring her. She calls on Yao Yao Yozuru, Yao Yao
1: or is it Yomo that they call her? I think it's Momo. Momo.
2: Yo, yo, Momo. Uh, and tells her to create anesthetics in order to put the beast to sleep, just as their call is cut off. With the heroes busy fighting the villains and only the UA students remaining, Yaoyurozu takes charge, is- issuing orders to her classmates as they re- prepare to intercept Gigantomachia. And, like, if the length of this synopsis is anything to go by, like, I was reading what I felt like was the normal length, and that was just the first half of the episode. Like, it felt like two episodes occurred in one.
1: I almost stopped you after the first half, just to like talk about that half and then read the other half, but, like, oh, the show is so stinking good. I mean, you know, we finished with the Yowie Roses stuff, so I'm just going to go over there. I was terrified for Midnight. Oh, my God. Like, I still see her as like this, you know, just the 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 fan, the fan service character. But like they have not overdone it this season at all with her and her telling orders and, you know, keeping her students calm. Like She was seriously like, hey, if you can do this, even though it's against the rules, help us out. If not, just go run away like it's fine. We'll figure it out. I don't want to put you in danger, but I know what you guys are capable of. So you I'm trusting you guys to make it the call on what you're comfortable with. That was such a powerful sentiment before she gets knocked the F out.
2: I'm also kind of curious what the rules that she was referring to was like she talking about the law like it's illegal to sedate Gigantomachia. That's
1: how I'm taking it.
2: Yeah, that was it was a very interesting way that she phrased that aside from like okay what are you capable of but yeah it was just it was this heart-wrenching moment of like what is she gonna do we've talked about how she's kind of getting into this leadership role she is obviously the leader of the class but what was that really going to look like when it came time to make these harsh decisions and she just snapped into that leadership she was ready to go and i was quite
1: the panic attack
2: it felt more like an internal panic attack though. Like it wasn't the outward I don't know what to do. It was very like it felt like this was supposed to be a 30-second thing that happened and then she made the decision. I, I feel take like it, it as was as
1: outward because of the way everybody was like, hurry up, tell us, what do we need to do? Like that I think because they're familiar with her, they saw the shock of like, what's your orders, Captain? Yeah, which, I, which makes me like it even more, because like these at the end of the day, these are kids we're talking about. I got this into this huge debate with my friend the other day about uh, heroes and about how like they don't have to always go out as heroes. Like life gets the best of you. Sickness gets the best of you. Um, You know, your your internal demons and stuff get the best of you. And this is a part of her character that we've been familiar with for about six years now six seasons now so to see her go through that like we worry for her we see the growth we see the development but we as an audience like know she has this tendency of panicking so it's it's awesome that she's able to get through it and we'll see you know the results of what she comes up with but it's important to know that this is a character trait that she didn't just magically get over it's still something that she copes with like I've been a photographer for about 14, 15 years. I still get like fidgety and panicky to every shoot that I drive through throughout the day. So to see that within this character of like making the decisions of people's lives at stake, I think it's super important that we acknowledge that she has this tendency and she's actually working through it to be the best version of
2: herself. Oh, yeah, I, I couldn't put it any better, and that's exactly what I was going to say. Whether it's inward or outward, it was still amazing as an audience to get to see that. Yeah. But then also the fact that her friends, and some who aren't even her friends, because you have Class 2 there as well, that was or Class B, still ready to listen to the order. What do we need to do? How are we going to do it? Mm-hmm. And as much as it was kind of that cliche, I still couldn't help but smile as she wanted to be like, You don't have to stay here. And Kaminari was... Is it Kaminari? No, Kaminari...
1: Yes. Yes.
2: Okay. How Kaminari was just like, you don't have to say it. Let us stay with you and fight. Like, just having them all have each other's backs, it was just... it, It got you so hyped up for whatever's coming... And it's back to this show doesn't feel long enough every week. You're chomping at the bit. That episode ends and you're like, how can that be it? Where's that next step? What is it going to be? Because they didn't put it as like, a, oh, this anesthetic is going to be easy to get in I guess. Gigantomachia. I guess. Well, they produced it. But like Gigantomachia has mm. got hard skin. I don't know how this is actually going to like work. If it's an injection, if they have to make him swallow it, it's if it's by smell. Time. Yeah, like it is... <laughs> It's that same level of fear, though, as the Armored Titan. So, like, there's a lot going on, and they didn't make it an easy answer. So now suddenly our students are in the full thick of it, while also the villains are on this thing's back. So there is there's a lot that's going to happen, and I cannot wait to see the showcase of powers that we're also going to get, because they kind of gave us that reminder of, like, well, we have, you know the mud guy that can turn the ground different we have mushroom girl we have all of our 1a students so how are they going to weave this together to be a plan that works i cannot wait to find out
1: oh i'm gonna call my shot right now that mushrooms are going to end up on gigantameco's nose because remember she put out the ones that like almost killed uh tokoyami and they had to call the match
2: yeah no the, it's a She's got that power. It's just a question of what works on Gigantomachia more than anything.
1: Yeah, I mean, just whew, the fact that she has options that are d- that dark, and of course, seeing Jiro and I always forget the dude with the multi arms. Um, having them as the the recon of trying to find out right, how far is he, how tall is he, how much time do we have? Like that that high maintenance, like military, like just talk. Give me the information stuff. It was. It was a great way to wrap the episode. And, like, I wish I could apologize to the creators because you know where they would typically have a commercial break? Like, they show the character and the powers. Mm -hmm. So we had, I think it was Deku, and then it cut to midnight. And I was like, I don't care about that story right now. I'm more interested in this. I want to talk about Shigaraki. What the hell is happening to Endeavor? And then when it played out, I was like, I'm
2: sorry. (laughs) (laughs) No, I had the exact same reaction. I'm like, wait, you're not telling me that's all we're going to get of that side of the story. Like, this is the most insane, emotionally evocative side of it. Oh, no. Well, actually, the other side could do it, too. So I guess we should jump back to the beginning of the episode as well.
1: No, I'm not done yet, because I was scared. I mean, like, I was scared for midnight, but, like, we didn't talk about how, like, when we saw the teaser to get into this episode. We thought that Mount lady was going to go like toe to toe and she was just being dragged the whole time. That part alone was terrifying. And then Dobby to have the balls to be like, let's hop on and make their lives a little more miserable. Like we remember midnight's powers. We we're like, Oh, she's going to flex right now. Like she's going to single-handedly bring this bit dude down. It's going to be awesome. Nope. I felt so bad for comedy woods. I was so terrified for him because he's literally just wood and then got hit with blue flames so i was like ah, i really like him don't kill him don't kill him don't kill him um mount lady's just getting the snot beat out of her i love her grit though just how persistent she is she's like just stop now oh it's yeah. the last time i've worn <laughs> like she's falling down even more and like it's yeeted by her legs um so yeah it's just Absolutely terrifying to see our heroes in that situation. Midnight like can't even turn over and there's like five villains creeping up. So you know, we'll see what happens. But I I had to mention all the other parts of that because it was just like what I said with Bleach, like every time you think there's hope, like they just kept getting kicked again. You know, they kept reassuring the students, it's like, hey, don't worry, like we're gonna take care of it at the front. Like you're just heroes back up, you know, just in case, probably won't even need you. And now it's like, hey, here all that's left, figure it out. <laughs>
2: Yeah, like, uh, I love how good the show is that, like, I should have seen it coming. I should have known that the students were going to be the literal last line of defense. But now that it's happening, I'm in disbelief that we're actually about to watch them save their idols, teachers, and, you know, the number two, three, and four heroes that are hanging out there with them. Like, that's a bizarre concept. And... They're just setting up so many things that I don't know what to keep track of anymore. Because until I read this phino- synopsis, I also completely forgot that Dobby decided he was going to go back and get uh, get skeptic. Uh, <laughs> I get, couldn't remember what his is name.
0: What's his
1: ability? Like, I see him on the computer. Is he just, like, an Intel dude?
2: I think it's Intel. I'm guessing his quirk just makes... Those things work better because if I remember correctly, he was just doing all of like the tech stuff in like the villain city when they had that fight last season. But I don't think it was ever like expressly talked about oh, here's exactly what his quirks do, or if it was, it was a bit overshadowed by all of the other quirks that you know were fighting twice at that point.
1: <laughs> when I typed in his name on the wiki. And went under abilities. It says, company board member, audio video editing, hacking skill, leadership skill, tactical skill. Oh, by the way, his power. I was like, oh my god. Um, Meta's ability allows him to take a human-sized object, such as a desk or refrigerator, and turn it into an extremely lifelike look-like of any given person, which he can control. Oh, like
2: yeah. A yeah, we did know that. That was, that was a thing.
1: I didn't get to... When I was doing my rewatch, I didn't get to the the villain Academy part. I stopped like in the middle of like when Deku's whip power opened up.
2: Yeah. That was like the last season that I watched. And then I immediately started watching mob psycho where they also had a weird, the villains own a tower and we have to fight our way up arc. So like, I just keep getting the wires crossed when like talking about that arc in general, because they do very different things in those arcs.
1: One of the things you and Scoots mentioned last week is how you want all these heroes to appear Portal-style. It made me remember that Uraraka, Tokayami, Asui, all of them, they don't even know what's going on yet because the radio cut off. Yeah. Are they still helping with EVAC? Are they going to show up? Are they going to fight Nomus? Because in the opener... I'm not a huge fan of the song. It's all right, but it ends with Bakugo, Deku, and Shoto.
2: Oh yeah, so Shoto's got to like, show up.
1: he's gonna pop up and ball out?
2: So they didn't really, because as much as the Nomus were like an air quotes big deal, they really weren't as much. Like with that being the cliffhanger of last episode, because if I remember correctly. Endeavor's flaming haired sidekick showed up with a bunch of heroes and like they're Mm -hmm. fighting the near high ends I wouldn't be surprised if we didn't get to see it yet but Shoto is amongst those people that are helping to fight the near high ends or they're going to come in the next round perhaps
1: I think they're coming the next round because when Endeavor saw Bakugo and Deku he was like where's Shoto like right away he was like
2: oh that was a moment (sighs) Ah. Yeah, just in the
1: middle of the fight, like, oh, man, Deku's entry!
2: Oh my gosh, yeah, like...
1: He was like, all the stuff about Aizawa, like, flashing back, he's like, I'm doing this for my students, there's so much more to see of them, and this and that, and Deku is like, hi! I'm here.
2: (laughs) Aizawa, like, nearly gets Best Sensei Award because and that's that's a high bar to get when you have all of the great anime you know big brother sensei characters out there but just that reflection of how much he really cared about them how much he was always doing how he was always there the fact that like deku's emotion took over and all of them were like wait where did you come back to he's like if he can't hurt me i'm gonna hurt him let's do this like it's time to throw hands And,
1: and you know that you can track him too so it's like how far is he actually gonna run
2: I don't know if they figured out the tracking. Uh, I wouldn't put it past Deku, but
1: yeah, even Bakugo like still holding on like all the stuff that happened to him with the villains earlier on. He was like, "I'm not done with you yet either," and he hits like the multi shot.
2: Oh um, my god! And it's... then Shigaraki has like
1: comment of like, "Was that just supposed to tickle?" And then it was the big boom. Hole. I was like, "Yo,
2: yeah, I." Ugh. I don't want the season to end, but whatever this final fight is about to look like is going to just go ham.
1: Yeah, I got one thing spoiled for me, and I'm kind of just waiting for that to happen. Um, I'm just processing how intense everything is. Like, I'm struggling to put it into words, which is not very helpful for an audio podcast.
2: Well, it is interesting because Scoots and I, as many of the listeners will know, we went pretty short last week. And at the end of the episode, we were like, all right, why, why were we so short? And it was just because like last week's episode was a fight the whole time. And what are we going to talk about on the podcast? Well, they fought, uh, and they fought some more. Whereas this week there's so much substance to the whys and the hows of what they fought that I just, I agree with you. It's hard to put into words because there's so much happened. I just remember sitting there trying to take it in at the end of the episode. Like, no, I, I don't know. It's just all happening so rapidly. And I think that if I could get one wish of this season, I wish they did the same thing that they did with the save Airy arc. I want the timestamps of like, is this like an hour that all of this is happening at once? I just love knowing those little tidbits of like what it actually looks like when yeah, we're seeing so much in slow motion,
1: the command center, and like giving updates about what's happening and who's not contacting, like that'd be a great time for the timestamp.
2: Yeah, just throw them on the screen somewhere. That would be a perfect way to do it because you have to assume most of this is going on congruently between the two locations, at the very yeah. least. So yeah, they
1: deployed all at the same time.
2: Yeah, so it is feeling very stretched out, but what is that actually gonna look like, you know because I also don't have a great grasp on how far away the villa is to the hospital. Like, how far does Gigantomachia have to run to get them there? And as such, how big of a distance do the students have to try and stop Gigantomachia?
1: I think it is a relatively short distance. Because they're operating out of those two spots, so I imagine they don't want too long of a commute.
2: I mean... But they also didn't, couldn't one of the Nomu's portal? I mean, you when you have a Kurogiri in your arsenal, does it really matter how yeah, far away you have to? Plan B's, dude. I mean, I'm not disagreeing, but is the doctor that smart?
1: Dude, if I know you need to have plan B's, the villainous doctor knows you need to have plan B's. <laughs> yeah. uh, this is the first time this season that we saw All Might and Airy. Not for very long.
2: Yeah, also, the the synopsis did not mention that Aerie was there. Like, I'm sorry, All Might, you need to censor this. Like, she should not be watching whatever this newsreel is. Like, this is some intense stuff going on for a very, very small sheltered child.
1: I was thinking that it was an odd time for him to be babysitting, and then I thought about it. It was like, wait, everybody else is gone. Like, who else would be babysitting her right now? Except for the principal.
2: I was just about to say, where's the principal? Is he about to just, like, pop off in this fight? I'm because honestly surprised he's not heroes in the command that were center.
1: Traders, the heroes that were traitors, somebody else like came in and like got a hold of them already. So like every hero is doing something right now.
2: Oh yeah, no, it's it's an all hands on deck kind of situation, and it made me worried at the beginning of the episode if all might was going to like join the fray and try and save deku so i'm happy to see that he has babysitting duties because it feels like he will be sidelined throughout all of this
1: yeah seeing shigaraki kind of have that inner monologue with himself when all for one was starting to take over
2: Oh my gosh. And like the, so the dialogue gritty.
1: started lining up and he said it and everybody was like, What are you talking about? And he was like, You know what? I appreciate everything you did for me, but you did it your way and you messed up. We're doing this my way now.
2: Like, oh boy. His oh way is boy. scary. His way is very scary because
1: I like his way.
2: There, there's still so much of his power that we're like, just tapping into the way that he's maneuvering himself, the way that he's resisting these flaming attacks. He still I'm has he still has like the gun fingers that we have no idea what they're going to do. Like there there's gun
1: fingers. I mean, when he just got his fingers cut off, I think it was just like just a placeholder.
2: I don't know. It looks like those are like the barrel of a gun or something. Oh, is that how yeah, he's going to he... sh- is that he how he's going to shoot the the anti-quirk bullets? Maybe. Ooh, that's that's a thought right there.
1: Yeah, I just thought it was like instead of bandages, it's just like the bling that he put on because he lost his fingers in the last season.
2: I guess that makes some sense. But I feel like if you're doing full body modifications like that doctor did, you're going to, you know, give him something.
1: No, I'm curious. Huh?
2: I don't know. There's so much going on under the hood that like, again, we haven't scratched the surface because I don't. I don't think, I don't want Aizawa to die. Let's start there. I don't think he will, but I have a feeling he's going to go out of commission in some capacity. Yeah. And then when the quirks open up, what does that look like?
1: And he's already, like, limited compared to when we first met him, because when he got his face smashed into the ground a bazillion times. Like they said afterwards that he can't use his quirk for nearly as long as he used to be able to. Yeah. So that that poor guy's struggling.
2: Yeah, no, there's that. He has to blink eventually. And his legs are basically broken. So there's a lot of problems, as well as how long does it take for him to figure out if he leaves Aizawa's sight that he can use his quirks.
1: I think he knows that, but he's trying to get Deku, so he has to be within range. Because he even had the line of, like, you have to know that if you can see me, that means I can see you, and that's when he tried attacking.
2: But I'm even just thinking, like, you go behind a building, and you can use your Decay again. Like, the minute you get out of sight, he is all-powerful again, so...
1: Uh, maybe just destroy too many buildings.
2: Maybe. I don't know. I don't I want to <laughs> dig that plot hole because that's about the only one that I've always questioned is just like, okay, well, what if you just like go around the corner? But also at the same time, how much power can be got in the power or in the time that it takes to blink is another question I've always had. Like, you know, just do a do a quick little blink there, Aizawa. You're good to go. You don't have to close your eyes permanently like how much can he do in a quarter or a quarter of a millisecond as long as it takes to blink i
1: don't know about you do when i have dry eyes and i take my contacts out like i'm sitting there with my palms like just digging my face for a few minutes i'm like ah it's so
2: dry i mean it's yeah such
1: a miserable feeling oh my god and i get somebody's powers is literally just to water his eyes and keep it like force it open but it's like so funny feel it's There's so no funny I feel good Ah. Uh. Um, I'm also really worried about Endeavor hitting his uh, max temperature. Uh, he's uh, going all out.
2: Yeah, Endeavor is going all out. And we talked about this last week that like, I think he's the one I might be the most worried for.
1: Mm-hmm. And uh, lose another number one hero.
2: <laughs> but there's also there's several ways this plays out in my head. Either Shoto is going to have to come like avenge and save him or Shiroki's going to attack Shoto when Shoto defends Deku and Endeavor's just going to pop off. Like
1: I think Todoroki's actually going to cool down Endeavor.
2: will oh, figure out how to put the quirks together.
1: Yeah, so he's going to be fighting and like he's going to be cooling Endeavor while he does his thing.
2: Oh, uh, it's got at this point I just feel like it has to be a Dabi Endeavor showdown then. Like Gigantomachia gets through We see that in
1: one movie.
2: Yes, but the second movie feels like it could be something more. There's so much going, and I just I, I don't know what to think. And I'm sorry MCU, but I haven't cared this much about like a superhero thing in a while. Like this has me so hyped up. This feels like I felt back during Infinity War. Like I just don't know what to expect around the corner.
1: It's going to be fun.
2: Oh, yes, it is.
1: Gut-wrenchingly fun. How many episodes do we have
2: left? I believe we're getting 12. <laughs> so. Five. Oh. Five episodes left. Oh, no. I. I, I hesitate to.
1: On a cliffhanger. I was
2: about to say, I hesitate to believe this is all wrapping up in the first 12 episodes i think we're gonna get 12 good episodes and then 12 more good episodes like we're not gonna get a you know we need to put on a play at the school show arc this season
1: why god why oh i found the name of the next episode
2: well if you want the answer to that catch us next week on the animation deliberation podcast (laughs)
1: Wait, the season will run for two consecutive cores. It will air for 25 episodes.
2: Well, it's usually 25, but are they not taking their break this year? Oh, yeah, they have like a
1: little break, but
2: yeah, 25
1: episodes for the season.
2: Well, Don't yeah, do but, me like that. But like if you look at the past few seasons, it's been 12 episodes of like. Raw heroes, and then like I joke, 12 episodes of. Well, we need to please Aerie at the school festival. How do we do it? Like. It wasn't it was really two distinct arcs, whereas who knows how it's gonna play this Something
1: time. Something happened after that.
2: The the school festival arc? Yeah. It was like ten episodes of the school festival arc, and then you had the two episodes of um like the Kurigiri Aizawa story, if I'm not mistaken.
1: There's no way that was it.
2: There was one season where that was like the entirety of the 12 episodes.
1: No. What was it season four? Dude, that was when um we met Hawks and found out the new hero lineup and him fighting the Nomus. That was the second half of it with the. You find out like all about the Todoroki family.
2: Oh, I guess that was only six episodes. It just felt like it was so long,
1: <laughs> dude. I was like, no, there was something else. There had to have been something else. It did not end on the damn festival.
2: Well, I knew it didn't end there, but I'm just saying, like,
1: you did not. Know that.
2: That's as close as this show gets to filler. This show does not very often do filler.
1: Don't do me like that.
2: I do what I gotta do. Annoy people. Heavily, heavily.
1: Call great anime lame animation. (sighs) Uh, (laughs) Y'all don't need to listen to us bash on each other. It's what brothers do. All right. Anything animated related you want to talk
2: about? That's such a broad question. No. uh, And I can't believe we're already into November. October just ran by with anime. But there's still so much going on out there, and, like, I'm consuming other stuff we're not talking about on the show, so we say it every week, but oh, please... God. Um, finally started the first episode of Blue Lock. Seems like that's gonna be interesting. Hopefully, I get a chance to, like, actually properly dig into that. Um, Black Clover...
1: You, roll.
2: <laughs> Black Clover, I'm almost done with, uh, we're like 140 of the 160 episodes that currently exist, so... Almost there. Maybe Fire Force next. We have no idea what's actually coming because time is an illusion. Um, And I started watching the X-Men animated series, not anime related, but just like have been getting in the Marvel old school mood and just wanted to go back and do the X-Men animated series, which is just it's fun. It's it's a great story. The X-Men are just some of the best stories when it comes to Marvel, in my opinion. So I'm I'm here for it. What about you? Anything else outside the show that you've been doing besides football?
1: Uh, Andor still Andor has its moments, but good Lord, is it slow? I want to watch Blue Lock, but screw your Crunchyroll. Ha ha. Um, I'm rewatching Jack Ryan because season three is coming out. Season one of that show was incredible.
2: Is that the Amazon Prime one with Krasinski? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the the first season was really good. I I yeah. there's so many shows in this world that I'm like, just watch the first season. That's that's all you need to yeah.
1: do. I mean, season two is good, but that one it was just like it's so many perspectives. Like you have the everyday American, you have the converted Muslim, you have the Middle Eastern Muslim, you have like why this person went bad. And then the people who were trying to make most other immigrant lives, like just uh, the perspectives, everything was so, so fascinating. And like knowing people from each facet of those lifestyles too, was kind of like, you know, a bad guy is a bad guy, but this this is a really intriguing story. Um, yeah, I don't think I'm really watching anything else. Just been playing a lot of Destiny. And what free time I actually get. It's more of like I play Destiny instead of going to sleep on time.
2: I'm, that's how it is uh, with me and Marvel Snap. I I got Monica into Marvel Snap and we just play so much. It's such a fun game.
1: Oh, we got Pokemon games coming out today. Today? Uh Friday. Tomorrow, yeah.
2: Tomorrow, yes. Tomorrow Pokemon Scarlet and Violet come out. My copy of Scarlet will be here tomorrow, so you'll probably Why'd possibly you get. Scarlet? Hear some... Huh?
1: Why'd you get Scarlet? They're getting Violet.
2: No, I got Scarlet.
1: Oh, I'm getting Scarlet.
2: Well, I got Scarlet. I'm Violet, so it's fine. I got Scarlet when they teased the possible uh Fan evolution, which was A thousand times better in the Scarlet version than the Violet version. Interesting. The Violet version looks... It looks bad. It it just looks... I'm not one to hate on Pokemon designs. I just don't think it looks anything interesting.
1: If you are ordering this game or buying this game or whatever, make sure you update it right away because Game Freak has came out. Come out and said that like there's just so many bugs in just like the regular version. So whatever update is out, make sure you do it right away. Apparently, it's still very buggy too. But that's yeah. what you get for trying to put an open world game on a handheld console.
2: Yeah, it, that is what it is. We'll we'll see how it actually comes out. We'll probably try and give an honest review though because I love Pokemon. I've played almost every single game. I played sword and shield all the time. Legends Arceus was amazing. So I'm finish that on the plane tomorrow. You should finish it on the plane because the end of the story is kind of bonkers.
1: Hmm. Yeah, I probably do that because I only have like that last snow section and whatever follows left.
2: Yeah. And we're talking about planes. We're talking about, you know, what's going on next week with Pokemon and everything else. Just to give you a peek behind the curtain listeners, We have no idea what our schedule is next week. Uh, It is Thanksgiving. We're all traveling. We're all doing different things. We're going to try and line up our schedules at some point earlier in the week and see if we can get something out for My Hero Academia. Uh, Keep an eye on Twitter uh, and the rest of our social medias. For any updates, I will try and put something up there for not going to record just so you know not to be waiting by your feed the entire time. Uh, obviously, that means we'll just cover both of the episodes in the following week if we don't get to it next week. But we wanted to be frank with you and just say life is crazy sometimes. We're going to try our best, but, you know, no promises. And also, you know, take that time to also spend it with your family as well uh, on Thanksgiving and around the holiday, just like we are doing.
1: You know what we should do if we can't record next week? Is just record our like immediate reactions as a just in case, and play that before we talk about like next next week's episode.
2: Hmm, interesting option. I don't I don't hate it. Makes me wonder if I should just like, ha, plan B's, plan B's, <laughs> start uh recording the Anna minutes a off air like right as we watch the episodes. That could be interesting. We don't get to play off each other though.
1: Yeah. So it could get very redundant. Yeah. All right. Well, if you have any thoughts on that, you know where to find us. Send us all the feedback and all the places and be safe with all of your travels in this holiday period. B plus ultra and stay whelmed.
2: And until Gigantomachia runs again. Muscle, muscle.
1: Thank you for listening to the Animation Deliberation Podcast, a proud member of the Stranded Panda Network. If you would like to contact us, you can email animationdeliberationpodcast at gmail.com or follow us on Twitter at animationdelib1. For this and other great shows, you can visit strandepanda.com or join the great community that is the Stranded Panda Chat Facebook group at facebook.com groups slash svchat. Tune in next time, and remember, stay whelmed.
0: It's the holiday season, folks, and the Georgia Hemp Company is your one-stop for all your CBD and Delta 8 needs. The Georgia Hemp Company has your perfect stocking stuffers. Log on to georgiahempcompany.com to get your favorite CBD and Delta 8 products shipped anywhere or visit any of our four locations in Decatur, Duluth, Sandy Springs, and Woodstock. Perk up your holiday gift-giving by visiting the GeorgiaHempCompany.com for Georgia's finest CBD and Delta 8 products.
1: Shop sustainable luxury denim and more with Redone at shopredone.com. Redone makes vintage-inspired jeans, tees, and clothing by combining old-school silhouettes with new, innovative sustainability, like upcycling classic vintage Levi's into brand-new contemporary fits in rigid and stretched fabrics. They also do recycled T-shirts, upcycled sweatshirts, clogs, boots, and more, with less water and chemicals, for reduced environmental impact. Save 20% on your first Redone Denim purchase. Plus, get free repairs for life with code IHEART at shopredone.com. Some exclusions may apply.
0: Hey there, I'm David Novak. I ran Taco Bell KFC and Pizza Hut. And like you, I'm always learning so I can be the best leader I can be. That's why I started How Leaders Lead, the first leader-to-leader podcast with CEOs from Target, Pepsi, and Adobe, and greats like Tom Brady, Jim Nance, and Jack Nicholas. You'll learn how to win, how to bounce back, and how to lead. So listen to How Leaders Lead wherever you listen to podcasts. It's the best podcast on leadership you'll ever listen to.